Welcome to Parenting That Kid. My name is Ashley Tolliver. As a mom of twins, one being a highly sensitive child who responds to the world in a non-traditional and sometimes challenging way, I understand the desire to find the golden answer. Maybe there is no golden answer, but there are resources, tips, and tricks we can all use to help us make this uniquely normal parenting journey a little more fun. This podcast is a roadmap to parenting that kid for myself and other parents. If recording my journey as I seek a clear starting point, community, and effort to normalize what sometimes feels abnormal supports at least one parent, then my time is not wasted. And hey, if it doesn't, well, there's documented proof that moms deserve a glass of wine. Cheers! Many of us have spent the last school year educating our children. Whether we're doing it at home by ourselves or the school is coming through a little screen sitting in front of our children, we are at home. Even though it might seem like we finally have a rhythm going, we can always use extra tips. I've learned that children with neurodiverse brains struggle already in life, and it's intensified when you're asking them to sit at home and learn in a non-traditional setting the traditional way. That's why I've snagged up Eva Moore on today's podcast. Eva Moore is a homeschool mama, a creator of the blog, podcast, and YouTube, Eva Interrupted. She's a mama with ADHD herself and four special needs children with diagnosis from ADHD, oppositional defiance disorder, sensory processing issues and her youngest with a very rare global development disorder. All that to say, Eva's life is filled with people with intense individual needs. She has figured out how to make life and homeschooling work for her family, and she has come here to share with me a bag of tricks that I can dip into, and I'm sure you can use as well. So please welcome to Parenting That Kid, Eva Moore. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I first off want to just thank you for having me on your podcast, but also Thank you for coming on mine because I think parents need to hear what you have to share. So if you don't mind giving yourself a little shout out, who are you? What do you do? All that good stuff so that we can get to know you a little bit more. No problem. Um, My name is Eva Moore and I have a podcast, a YouTube and a blog, all of the same name because I'm all about trying to keep it simple. Um, (laughs) I have one husband, four kids and all of them are special needs <laughs> and we are homeschoolers and homesteaders. My older two actually were public schooled most of their lives. The younger kids are homeschooled. And what's the name of your podcast, blog, everything all in one? Eva Interrupted. Eva Interrupted. Now, can you say why you, sh- I read and I love why you have this name, but can you share why you chose that name? Yes. So I was actually trying, it was just when I was starting the blog and I was trying to, rem- like, I was trying to think of a cute names and, or catchy something. And the kids just kept interrupting me <laughs> over and over again. And my oldest daughter is almost 18, but this was three-ish years ago. So she was still, you know, that She's mouthy, but it was, she was right. kind of cute mouthy then. And uh, yeah. she, she goes, oh, I know. She was like, you're just, you're Eva interrupted, aren't you, mom? She oh. was like, all we do is interrupt you all the time. She goes, I bet you that's what you should do. And I'm like, uh. that's it. You did it. You did it. I didn't even have to think like, that's it. I'm interrupted all the time. Uh. You're correct. I love it because that's how I feel like my life is, especially with children with ADHD, I feel like their thoughts are always interrupted with the next thought or the next action. And so when I read that, I definitely got a good chuckle out of it. I'm like, oh man, that feels like my life too. I get it. I feel that. Yes. And and the best, and I, and what's funny is I have ADHD and so do all of they. So it (laughs) makes total sense. It just goes with you guys. That's awesome. I love it. It does. I like that your daughter helped you out too. That's kind of fun that she 
was like, wait, this is what it should be, mom. Yes. Um, okay, so you had mentioned that you all four of your kiddos have something, whether it's all the same or different struggles. Maybe it's academically, maybe it's emotional, um, neuro, there's all different things. Do you mind sharing a little bit about the children? You can definitely share about your older ones, but also also your two little ones that you're homeschooling so that you know moms or parents that are listening can hear and go, wow, that relates to my story. I would love to hear more. Uh, and I, I actually, we did homeschool my oldest because school okay. just got so difficult that it was, it was nearly impossible. Mm. Um, mm. So my oldest is almost 21 and he, after his, he got shots and he got encephalitis and meningitis. He was really, he was only about three months old, a lot of brain swelling. Mm. And so we knew very early on he was diagnosed with oppositional defiant disorder by the time he was probably before he was four years old. Wow. Um, he also, and then which transferred into conduct disorder, mm-hmm. which um, he also had ADHD along oh, with that. Goodness. <laughs> um, and, and well, usually oppositional defiant disorder has, uh, I guess, like, you could call it comorbidities, morbidities. Mm-hmm, right. um, yeah. sim- similar. It, there's ODD is a behavioral thing that can't really be controlled with medication. It's behavioral, but the ADHD kind of led into it, which could be treated. Uh-huh. My daughter will be 18 in March and she has PTSD, ADHD, and oppositional defiant disorder. Um, well, and her oppositional defiant disorder isn't so bad, but she does have OCD. And actually she's fairly well grown out of that as well. It's not too, too bad. My six and a half year old has sensory processing. And uh, then my little guy, my youngest guy has global developmental delays. He was actually born with, and and we had the genetic stuff done. We, uh, it just, it was something that was never going to pop up. He was diagnosed with a very rare micro deletion. So there's only like 85 people in the world that have ever been diagnosed with it. And uh, so he was born with clubfoot, vertical talus, um, congenital clasped thumb. Mm -hmm. He had lip and tongue ties. He was four pounds, three ounces at birth full time, full full term. And he's actually only been walking for about a year and a half. He'll be four in October. He has been now, he is, he gets speech OT and PT, but he, uh, he still doesn't speak well, not clearly. We can understand him, but most people cannot understand him, but it's a great, it's improvement. His, uh, um, learning abilities. I'm going to, I just would assume that would probably affect his learning abilities. Maybe not. Maybe yes. every was not. Okay. Yes. Um, he, he is quite smart. He does grasp the concepts, but being able to articulate mm-hmm. and not speak clearly enough is mm-hmm. very difficult. Plus he is only, he is now just about the size of an 18 month old. Oh, he's still very little. Yes. So challenges are great and small. for him. And uh, we kind of just tackle them the best that we can as we go. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What a eclectic group. And I say eclectic (laughs) because you have covered everything I could ever think of. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that, I think that just empowers you to be a leader um, 
in the parent world because you have your fingers in so many areas of um of parenting children with different so many different kind of struggles and i would say that they were all neurodiverse but even physical struggles is just wow what a wow you're amazing um how do you structure your day then with children what and you mentioned you had homeschooled your son at one point and that adhd was kind of a byproduct or uh, you know related to odd and then your six and a half year old has sensory processing and then your other one is struggling to even just kind of um share with you what he already knows you know his brain is intact but just getting it out there how do you structure your day with children like this because i know a lot of us are sitting home with our kids right now going ah it feels like chaos and and we didn't choose to do this where you have just taken this on full time. Right. Yeah. No, I chose, I, I chose the crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I signed on and the, the, the train is rolling. Um, I, well, because I have 11, I, there are 11 years in between my girls. So yeah. I, um, with my older two, where with behavioral wise, things were just a little more extreme school and the schedule was super important to us. So I can understand. I actually, I have friends who have kids who they're all at home. They're all virtual schooling. They're all, all their kids. Every, my one girlfriend has five little girls. Every one of them is on an IEP and for all various different reasons. And they're all at home and they are all at home. And she actually has anxiety and God bless her heart because I, 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 I think she's my hero, <laughs> but they're, they're all young. So I have this great space, but yeah. the best thing for me was that routine that the school had set up. So through my 21 years of parenting, I went ahead and I took some tips from the special ed teachers that my older two kids had mm. and here in the house routine is paramount. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Everybody has their own little chart. We move our different chores mm-hmm. around. We, it, they, everybody has responsibilities because everybody, I, I know all of these kids like this, they need to, um, they need to be involved. They need to know that they're needed and wanted mm-hmm. and um, that they, they have a place within mm-hmm. the home. So we have chores, we have we don't really do the sticker charts. We just have chore charts. I've laminated Mm -hmm. things and they, there's a lot of Velcro involved Um, (laughs) and they, and they get to, they get to move things around. And uh, they, when they finish something, they do that. But then our school day is also very structured and the blessing of homeschooling versus public schooling at home is Mm -hmm. my day really starts I, well one my kids get to sleep in so <laughs> oh. they developmentally yes there there's no interruption there and with oh a few of my kids being on growth hormone as well it's very important to me that they get their sleep because when mm-hmm. kids are growing they grow in their sleep mostly mm-hmm. that's growth hormone is activated yeah so i i let them sleep And some days we start at 8.30, some days we start at 10. Um, But our days are still, I don't have things set hourly. We -hmm. just have like a rhythm. So Mm -hmm. everybody knows what to expect at any given point in time. Nice. Um, That's, that's been my, that's been the most important thing because a lot of kids with these issues, they need that, that routine, that rhythm. It 
keeps them calm and helps reduce anxiety. That's really important to say. I think, um, the, like you said, you're friend of the anxiety too. I think there's the anxiety of keeping that at home because I'm figuring out what that looks like when they're at school. We don't really know. I mean, you kind of know, right. but you don't see it until your kid is doing it in front of you in the living room or whatever little area you've tried to set up. Um, but I like how you said that it's not so much the time, but it's the rhythm. And so I'm a firm believer in sleep. My kids are in first grade and they're still napping. The naps are not every day, but they are in their room by themselves, quiet for an hour. And most of the time my son falls asleep. He is the one that struggles emotionally the mm -hmm. most in our family. So I think he requires that sleep to kind of rebuild. So I'm just a firm believer. And I love that you say, you know, sleep in and then the rhythm kicks in. Then everybody knows you're going to get up, you're going to eat, you're going to brush your teeth, all of that. And what to expect next. That's just, I think yep. that's, so, that's so kind and giving to your own children. I think it's amazing. It And it works out nice. And really our school day is still done by about noon. Okay. Either way, um, we keep things simple and to the point. Lessons aren't too, too long. Mm -hmm. um, we do teach to mastery, but if it takes a little longer, um, it, it, it works. So how do you do that with replay? How do you do that if they're like not wanting to do it or not wanting to learn today or, or they just can't even focus. Maybe they're not even throwing a you know fit or they're saying, no, they just really can't focus. How do you help them come back into that rhythm throughout the day? Or do you just call it in for the day? I mean, I, I'll be guilty. Uh, I'm like, log off. We're done for the day. Honestly, um, here, even in our homeschool, I, I have a saying that God grant me the serenity to <laughs> accept the curriculum that works, pitch the curriculum that doesn't work. And when there is a meltdown, everybody just go outside and play. I love it. I love it. <laughs> if, if, because not every day is going to be perfect. And I'm not trying to force them into doing something that is just too overwhelming for them to do. So children learn best through really the age of 10 through play still. Mm -hmm. So if I have to chuck it all to the side and go, you know what, let's just play free play, structured play, mix it up, let's do it. Nice, I love that. You're actually like listening to them and then just going with what they need at that moment in time. And um, I'm sure you've seen this now that you've had kids at home and in the public school, they catch up when it's time for them. They'll get there when it's their time. And even though you might have set this ideal in your head, it's ideal schedule of when to learn what, it might not work for them, but they're going to get there and let them go out and learn a different thing outside playing. And I just, yeah. I love it so good. And then hopefully they come back in a little bit more refreshed. They do. And normally I've even gone ahead and I've had days where I let everybody go and we do have the, well, usually it's winter now, so I'm getting a little flack, but we have, <laughs> we have uh, poultry and pony and bunnies yeah. and things like that. So normally we have breakfast, we'll clean up from breakfast and have our morning time. And then I'm sorry, my dogs are going nuts. <laughs> um, Life. Uh, I have dogs everywhere. <laughs> They're everywhere. Um, the, and they had the kids take care of them too. <laughs> um, they, uh, but we'll take a break. We'll have breakfast. We'll have 
are like a quiet morning time where we'll maybe read together a little bit and then we'll do outside chores. And sometimes the outside chores just carry on into a little bit of play and they're when they come in, they're ready to do school then. Yeah. They've they've gotten, you know, the extra they've gotten the sunshine, they've gotten their vitamin D, they've gotten their fresh air and they're they're settled and so some days I do, I, or I, what I love about the spring and the summer is because we actually kind of school all year long. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have a lovely picnic table out in our garden and I will take the kids out and hmm. do school outside just yeah. to change the scenery. Yeah. Getting outside is just to start your day outside is so, um, refreshing and it's just centering and balancing your body for coming, you know, for the next thing that you're having to prepare for. And school is a challenge as it should be a little bit so that you can learn to master it. But having that center before you come out, I love that. And moving them outside and just learn outside. Yeah, it's so good. So that's kind of one tip. I was going to ask what kind of tools or tips or tasks do you provide for your kids to help them succeed through the day? But you just mentioned going outside and having class at the picnic table. I think it's fabulous. Do you have other things that for parents who are just going, oh, what other kind of things can we do to get through the day? Oh, absolutely. Um, so for my kids, because I know you've got a, a lot of parents that since we have those kids, um, yeah. <laughs> we I do actually have the exercise bands in here. So they're uh -huh. kind of attached to our chairs to play with. Um, yep. We have the wiggle seats. Um, it is not uncommon for me to have everybody get up and have a dance party. Huh. Um, Fun. There is also, uh, my kids, one of my dad's biggest complaints is with the homeschooling. Well, I know that you can take school with you wherever you go, but your grandmother said when you guys were there the other day, the kids were playing with blocks and doing their own thing while you were reading to them. He goes, and how are they supposed to learn anything if they're not sitting still and listening? Oh. And so I actually gave my dad an example. I had him come over and spend time with us. And I gave them blocks and things like that to do. And I did the, I, I read to them. And mm. part of our, what we do in our homeschool is a lot of narration, oral narration before mm -hmm. written narration mm -hmm. um, to build brain, build, mm -hmm. build the brain up. And uh, she uh, completely went uh, and she, she gave the whole, um, book back she told the entire story back and he couldn't believe Ugh, my teenager's home that's okay <laughs> um, so yeah she and she gave the whole thing back even though they were both sitting there playing so um I do think that it's important to understand even your special needs kid how they learn mm -hmm. um because for a lot of kids especially up not just kids with behavior disorders or thing, you know, disorders, you know, the alphabets, mm -hmm. they learn differently. Kids, all kids, look, even, you know, your typicals mm -hmm. learn, they learn differently. And to know how they learn is advantageous for you and their teachers mm -hmm. if they're in school and just kind of work with that. And like you said, kids will get to where they need to be in the time that they need to. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, or sometimes we'll even stop what we're doing and I'll, we'll do a touch your head, touch your toes. And then 
the uh, my favorite is turning on cosmic yoga on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so or go noodle. So yeah, those are good ones. Oh, I like that. Those are all little secret tips to stir. And I like that. Yes, oral before you actually start writing it down. And um, that's beautiful. I absolutely agree on all of that um, style of teaching, teaching and um, helping kids succeed. So here's, I know this one I'm awful at. So I ask every parent this, what are you doing to help yourself? Especially because you're home with your kids all the time. Now this is your life and you've built yourself around your children being at home where many parents may be, you know, this is a shock to our system to have our children come home. So we should learn from you <laughs> because you probably have more tips on how to self-care than we do at this moment in time. Um, and if not, then uh, we all should help each other out. Do you have any ideas on how people can do that? I do, although I will be completely honest, I am the queen of burning it at both ends. Oh, goodness, um, yes. <laughs> I, I, I am. I, I tend to give, 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 and then go, oh, wait a minute. I probably need to fill my cup back up. Mm. Um, so mm. having open communication with your spouse, significant other, um, or your support network, is super important. I don't. I don't care if you have a typical child or a neuro, a neurotypical child or a neurodiverse child. Mm -hmm. um, you need a support system and keep them abreast of what is going on and make sure, like, you have somebody that if you need a break you can give them a call. Mm -hmm. I have worked out with my husband, a schedule for either he takes the kids or I take my laptop or whatever, a book. And I get X amount of time to get out of this house. Uh, another thing that I like to do that I've worked on for years is um, we have our timer, you know, that dings like mm -hmm. the kitchen timer and I will set it. And uh, I started off at just 10, 15 minutes. And, and then I told the kids, stay here in your quiet space and pretend like you're hiding. And then in, <laughs> when the buzzer goes off, you can come find mommy. <laughs> so we finally, we, we've done pretty well with that. Occasionally my six and a half year old completely melts down and that's just not going to happen. Yep. But um, self-care isn't necessarily going to get your nails done or your hair done or a massage that, you know, it's something wildly expensive that when finances are already pushed, mm -hmm. it, you just can't do that. Isn't necessarily it. It could be sitting down for 20 minutes, setting that timer and getting yourself a cup of tea or coffee and hiding for a little bit. I will be honest, I have locked myself in the bathroom before and my children, my teenage and adult children are not above shoving notes under the door. Um, but it's it's still pretty common around here. But it's those moments. It's you know, yes. you, like you just said, getting your nails, all that sounds fun, but then you have to plan and have the money and have the, somebody to watch the kids and all that extra that comes into it where you need time right there, right now. So that's, those are that's so important. Like if you have to lock yeah. yourself in a room to gather that time. And I think that's really important for parents to hear and learn um, because we do as moms tend to overfill our cups and then it just kind of explodes and it boils over. 
um, that we do need to take a step back and realize those extra 15 minutes could be our saving grace for the day. And it's just mm -hmm. what we um, sometimes sometimes it looks like getting up a little earlier sometimes it looks like staying up a little bit later um one of my friends gets up at 3 30 in the morning to go to the gym um because that was the schedule that she got herself on and it was the only thing that she could manage wow. and now her kids are all grown my youngest nephew is in boot camp he's not even well he's done with boot camp he's now a full-fledged soldier and she still gets up at 3 30 in the morning <laughs> and goes wow so. there's that rhythm again yeah mm -hmm. you that's that's a uh, pretty hardcore i'm not sure i can ever fall into that category i do know a couple of runners that get up at 4 a.m and they've asked if i want to join i'm like oh no not at 4 a.m no. <laughs> i'll see yes. you at seven <laughs> yeah 4 a.m is beyond what i can do <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, are there any other tips or advice or things you would like to share with my listeners? I think you're probably a fountain of knowledge. And um, yeah, I just, you know, I want to open this up for you to share that. Um, well, you had mentioned um, some tips for parents who weren't ready for homeschool. Yeah, um, yeah and, please. And honestly, uh, there, I, I've even found this year, I've actually done a lot of writing on prepping for homeschool and things like that, because with everybody being home, a lot of people actually turned to traditional homeschooling. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, I was, which was incredibly impressive. Kind of struggle, yeah. but it's come out okay. Um, <laughs> so I have to tell people that they kind of, whether you got thrown into doing this school at home, give yourself grace. Mm -hmm. um, and because nobody's ever done this before nobody it's unprecedented right. it, it's i mean yes people are homeschooling but to to get thrown into this when nobody was prepared to do anything is beyond anybody the scope of anything anybody thought would ever happen mm -hmm. um two and i think things have ironed themselves out a little bit more but if you are doing the public school at home give your give your kids teachers a little grace too because there are still a lot of them who are getting ready to retire that never imagined they were going to be teaching on a computer their passion is literally being right there with little people and they're doing the best that they can too and they've got th their families too and take this time and enjoy it and enjoy your kids and try to find a new rhythm whether you're traditional homeschooling or doing the public school at home i just i encourage everybody take the time you know read good books together. Um, I know it might sound a little funny, but one of the things that we all still do together is um, we all sit down together, except for, you know, my 21 year old, um, but everybody else, we, um, we read out loud together um, two evenings, two evenings a week. And right now we are reading through the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, so are we. And yes, yes. It's one of our favorites and uh second time for the go around yeah. and just like plan those family nights take advantage of this time um look into game schooling game school your kids are going to learn so much more from sitting there playing games and interacting with you mm -hmm. um then they're going to learn sitting in a classroom where somebody's mm -hmm. like, well, we need you to be quiet. They're learning, picking up bad habits from other people's kids, or, you know, you've got our kids like ours who are disrupting the class and having to get pulled out. And it, when you've got everybody at home, uh, take that time just to reconnect. It's mm -hmm. kind of a, it's a blessing and a curse all together at the same time. But um, I would, and, and 
I would say my other tip would be if you are doing the public schooling at home, look at what your kids are doing. For just look at what they're doing. Um, um they are um there's a lot of things that you might not be comfortable with them learning and it'll give you a chance to talk with their teachers and ask questions and be informed and give you a chance to maybe make sure you're teaching your kids some of the things you want them to know. Those are such good tips. Yes, you you hit, man, that's amazing. Those are great tips. You do, you do get to learn what they're learning at school and kind of this um, secret window into a life they live eight hours a day away from you. That's pretty magical to see that we, like you said, we never thought we'd experience. And I love the idea of reconnecting. This is a unprecedented and it's a chance for us to kind of rekindle our relationship with our family and come back home. I mean, this was, we are a community that was kind of separating ourselves from our own family. So that has, that part has been a beautiful thing to see. Yes. The family come back together. And I love it. Yeah. Reading books. We're, we're an avid um, book reader family at night. Where's the Chronicles of Narnia's we're doing that in Harry Potter all at the same time and, and board games at night now. And those were things we didn't used to do pre COVID is to sit down and have board games. And now my kids would just, everybody wants to sit down in the middle of the living room and play. So um, I think that's a wonderful tip. Thank you so much. You're all welcome. Right. Well, thank you, Eva, so much. Really lots of good stuff. I'm uh, going to hold on to a lot of this and uh, share it out because I think you, you're, like I said, you're a fountain of knowledge. We need to learn from everybody. That you're, you are very welcome. I, uh, like I said, I've got 21 years now under my <laughs> belt and I, I don't mind sharing. I tell you what, there is so much. I People ask all the time, oh, do you wish you could be a young mom or an older mom? And I'm like, well, I got the best of both worlds. Um, <laughs> I honestly kind of in the middle of the road, but the thing is, it doesn't matter where you start in your motherhood journey. It's, it's, it's different for all of us and it's hard. And whether you're a young mom or you're an old mom, yeah, I'm a little extra tired now than I was when I was 19. <laughs> and I would love to have known what I know now. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, had I not had my big kids and started out with the two that I'm the younger two that I've got now, I wouldn't know any different. So um, I always tell people don't beat yourself up and just enjoy the ride. It's bumpy and ugly and beautiful. <laughs> that's good it's pumpy ugly and beautiful i love it yay well thank you okay so people can find you at eva interrupted and that's podcasts blogging and a youtube channel correct yep yep awesome um, all over the place love it thanks for listening today if you like what you heard head on over to itunes and leave me a review this podcast is for you, the parent of that kid. So go ahead, tell me what you liked about this episode. Give me some ideas on what you'd like to hear. Maybe you have somebody you'd like me to ask those nitty gritty questions to. I'm ready. Oh, and if you have a friend who is also the parent of that kid, click that share button and empower them with some tools and tips as well. And by the way, imperfect parent, I know parenting that kid is hella hard, but I'm telling you it's worth it. You are rocking this parenting journey. 